Many Windows, Conversations on Ministry. I'm your podcast host, Jules Taylor, coming to you from Meadville Lombard Theological School in Chicago. The path to becoming a Unitarian Universalist fellowship minister is neither easy nor simple. Fortunately, the path need not be taken alone. The Ministerial Formation Network, or MFN, provides discernment support, collegial connections, and supplemental educational opportunities. The Reverend Michelle Fevreau is the MFN manager and my guest. Michelle, it's great to have you here and to be able to have this conversation talking about the Ministerial Formation Network. I'm I'm really glad that we're having this chance to talk a little bit more about this thing that I know both of us are so passionate about, how it is that folks come into their power and strength as Unitarian Universalist religious leaders. It's really exciting. Before we jump into that piece, tell us a little bit, give me a little bit about your background. What's your introduction here? Yeah, I'm a Unitarian Universalist minister since 2001. I came from a background as a religious educator in New England back in the last century and always felt a significant piece of my call has been towards supporting adult learners in Mm. coming into their the fullness of their vocations Mm. so i've spent a lot of years teaching in theological schools i've been able to participate in chapter life as a uh, uu here mostly in northern california okay and served in a variety of roles with our district um at the uua and now in this wonderful position with the UUMA, the Ministers Association, focusing on work with aspirants and candidates who are preparing for their vocations in ministry. Well, this is great. Oh, good. There's so much, to, so much for us to dig into with this then. So, well, let's, let's, you just uh, dropped a couple of acronyms uh, there. So let's, let's start with that because this can be confusing, particularly for folks beginning uh, learning about the the vocational, the professional vocational journey, the difference between the UUA, the Unitarian Universalist Association, and the UUMA, Unitarian Universalist Ministers Association, right? Let's talk about, number one, that distinction, because sometimes yeah. people conflate those two, and, and where the MFN, which is the Ministerial formation network we'll get to that but how that how that sits within uh but let's let's have you uh uh get that distinction there the uua uuma yeah the unitarian universalist association is our collective association of congregations and within the infrastructure of the uua is the credentialing authority of our denomination so folks come into a process with a variety of paperwork requirements but more important than that it's a it's a process of growing one's identity as a unitarian universalist and having that affirmed by the group that we know as the ministerial fellowship committee so mfc fellowship committee is the group that has authority within the uua to authorize people for professional ministry Right. So that piece, let me just, just to reiterate that we've got the UUA, Unitarian Universalist Association, with our, which is our, that's our denominational structure. And the Ministerial Fellowship Committee, the MFC, which is the credentialing body, that falls under the UUA. 
Right. Lots of bylaw details that yep. folks study on the way to their credentialing. That's but right. it's, it's the authority that falls within the denominational structure to mm -hmm. authorize folks. And it gives us a way to enter into a search process for congregations that are part of the UUA or mm -hmm. um, also accountability uh, yep. practices for being in right relationship with our congregations, with our colleagues, um, with the movement. And that's the distinction between the UUMA, the UU Ministers Association, which mm -hmm. is a professional group that supports clergy folk and, and folk on the path to becoming clergy. That's right. And I think one of the wonderful things about the distinction between these two organizations is the way that we are both interdependent and supportive of each other's uh, aspirations and, and goals towards developing healthy uh, ministries, mm. but also gives us a clarity around support for clergy folk that we're okay. not involved in the evaluation and assessment. Oh, wait, hold on. The we're in that the UU Ministers UU. Association, the UUMA is not involved in the evaluation. evaluation. Great. Yeah. So we're providing collegial support and, and, and supportive education and mm. collegial accountability through our uh, practices, um, guidelines, and uh, practices. Great. Yeah. So that's a, that is a distinction, right? The the MFC through the the UUA through the MFC is part of an evaluation and credentialing. The UUMA is uh, provides although these work together, like you said, these are interdependent. These are these are connected. Organizations are connected, uh, but provides uh, support in in lots of different ways, which we're going to get into that next uh, and connection. Connection and support is what the UU Ministers Association, the UUMA does. So with that, how about, uh, can you tell us a little bit, go into a little bit of the structure, the UUMA infrastructure, so that uh, folks can get to learn a little bit about how, how that uh, exists. Yeah, so the UUMA is an organization of clergy for clergy mm -hmm. uh, and, and clergy information. And so we're our own nonprofit that is um, separate from the UUA, but affiliated. Mm -hmm. So we um, work through a variety of chapters, um, small groups around the continent and around the world, really, at this point. Um, our groups gather by identities, um, everything from military chaplains to retired ministers. Mm -hmm. And in between, um, there are geographic gathering. So mm -hmm. I'm in the Pacific, on the Pacific coast, we've got um, in the Northwest Pacific, in the Central Pacific, and in the South Southern Pacific, as well as um, groups that meet in what were formerly known as districts and now are regions and right. small clusters. So, so some urban areas have cluster groups of clergy folk. So that in terms of structure, then the UUMA is the larger organization. And then there are uh, there are UUMA chapters, which are either some of them that are identity based, some of them are, and then ge geographically based regional chapters, pieces like that. And those those chapters. And then we've also there are also clusters, like you said, and those are even smaller kind of groupings, more geographic, uh, typically right yeah, connected yeah. of uh, of either smaller ones. So. Uh, all right. So those are the the different levels. I know when I first got got into the these spaces many, many years ago, I got completely confused by uh by differences of, well, wait a second, which do I join? How does that so so with with new folks coming in, uh once they become once uh once uh folks become aspirants 
with the UUA, then they are eligible to join the UU Ministers Association. And that's really how they start to be connected with the Ministerial Fellowship Network, or I'm sorry, the Ministerial Formation Network, MFN. Whew, here I'm already on a, on the, on the, on the getting all the words. So tell us a little bit about the MFN and how, how students uh, get involved with that. Yeah, the Ministerial Formation Network, I think, is a really wonderful addition to the support structures for folks as they're moving into um, theological school and moving through programs of training. And it's really very distinctly different than how things were organized 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 mm -hmm. years ago. This is a fairly new structure of support about eight years um, in the um, current incarnation. And it's clergy supporting clergy as the as the training uh, programs happen. Mm -hmm. So during the ministerial formation network development, the context in which we were developing these programs of support was uh, an outgrowth of what had previously been a a pre-MFC visit with a regional subcommittee. So there used to be a layer of evaluation that happened early in one's formation, right? technically through the UUA. As that program disappeared, um, as that program came to its end, the organization of the UUA and UUMA came together and said, how can we support folks as they're moving through the very complicated process of becoming mm -hmm. a minister, mm -hmm. the technical process, but also the um, intellectual and spiritual and social aspects of growing into a new and different and wonderful kind of profession. Yeah. So the a lot of the original development of the MFN centered around chapters, geographic chapters, sure. and establishing retreats so folks could come together and share their discernment stories. Mm -hmm. uh, and receive support. And over time, and especially influenced by the social and pandemic-related mm -hmm. uh, realities of the past few years, programs have become more, uh, not so bound geographically, mm -hmm. but developed as uh, online platforms have changed, and we've developed programs for retreats and sure. for one-on-one -on -one mentoring that don't, that don't rely on geographic proximity. Okay, cool. It's really expanding. So the MFN then is, is uh, it, it's a program of the UUMA. You're the, uh, you're the director. Manager of the program. I'm sorry, manager. That's right. You're, so you're the manager of the program and the MFN then. So how, uh, how do students, how do aspirants then uh, become part of the MFN? The, the best way is to, Get that letter that says I'm, you're now officially an aspirant and follow through on the link that says now you're eligible to join the UUMA. Now you're eligible to become part of this professional organization. So again, it's as soon as folks receive that letter and sometimes they receive that letter in the morning and in the afternoon, they've submitted their application to become a member of the UU Ministers Association. Mm -hmm. And um and as soon as you become a member of the UUMA, you're automatically, as an aspirant or a candidate uh, member, you're automatically enrolled in the Ministerial Formation Network. Mm 
Oh, and that's great. That's just so much easier, so much easier than the way it used to be. So as once you become a member of the UUMA, and that's that that national, the the big UUMA, you're automatically uh, or uh, uh, an aspirant candidate is automatically enrolled. And so right away, then you'll be able to receive emails or start start engaging this process of collegial connection that's going to build into vocational connections and discernment and all those pieces. So that's that's good. So the big, big takeaway from this, as soon as you get that email from uh, the ministerial credentialing office saying you are an aspirant, click that link, become a member of the UUMA. It's, I think it's a really wonderful support because all of a sudden these many different, um, as we're talking, these many different acronyms start <laughs> to come to life when you're actually connected with the entities and the individuals that are part of the networks that are here to be of support. That's right. And so the UU Ministers Association, right? We've got the 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 ministerial formation network then, which is what we're we're talking about for sure. You you will automatically be a part of that. But also keep in mind in the back of your mind and this you'll even get into more with the MFN recognizing that are also regional or identity vocational chapters of the UUMA that is another layer of being involved. And we we may have a separate conversation about that at some at some point about about chapter engagement. That would actually be a really good podcast conversation. But I want to hold that one aside a little bit to focus on the Ministerial Formation Network. So what is it then? Uh, what are the different things uh, that happen within the MFN when when uh, when aspirants and candidates become uh, get, become part of it? What do you offer? What's what's there? How, how do you support? Yeah, our core programs involve discernment support, collegiality, and some supplemental education, some ongoing continuing ed opportunities. And the discernment support, I would say, is probably the, the great cornerstone of the programming we offer. And discernment support looks like one-on-one -on -one relationships with a person, a colleague with more uh, experience uh, as a vocational advisor. Someone, okay. uh, candidate or aspirant, can talk to one-on-one. -on -one. Um, we invite people to uh, set a, their own covenant um, to, to meet for eight, 10 months a year. And that's a place to really start to explore your relationship as a colleague, uh, the big soul questions that come along on a discernment path, and to know that it's held in a, in a very unique quality of trust, that you're not being evaluated by a discernment, uh, by a vocational advisor. You're not having to um, put on your fancy hat and gloves to be in relationship. <laughs> it's a place where you can ask the, ask questions, um, share your vulnerabilities right. and, and get clear on the kind of minister you want to be and how you want to express that in the world. This is yeah. somebody you can develop, um, a, a different way of being in relationship than with a teacher or, uh, mentor of other sorts or yeah, supervisor. So this right. vocational, a vocational advisor, this is uh, another UUMA member who, and this, they're volunteering, right? Yeah. This is a, this is a, this is a volunteer experience for them and as part of their own uh, or our own, right. As, as part of our own, uh, those, those folks that, that serve in that capacity uh, service really to the, to the faith and service to the colleagues. Right. So, Vocational advisors, uh, there's there's one-on-one -on -one opportunities for that, and that all comes through being part of the MFN. So that would all be uh, worked through, done, 
the connections that happens all works through your office? It works through my office. Okay. And we ask people a few really, you know, general questions. Where are you in your journey? What are the things that you're, um, you're questioning or, or what are any of the identities that you want to explore as a piece of how do mm-hmm. I be a minister when I'm, uh, parenting young kids? How do mm-hmm. I manage to enter into ministry when I'm not sure if I want to work in a parish or work mm-hmm. in a hospital or, nice. or, or, right. So we ask a few questions and then we do match folks individually. So okay. um, most of our members in the UUMA have, eagerness to be of support and yeah. connection with folks who are coming in because we all know that there were people that helped us along the way and right. this is a more formal and yet um, open-hearted experience for folks. yeah and just uh just to be clear too a vocational advisor is different than than a mentor is different than a supervisor is different than a professor. And so exactly. those are, don't conf- be, be it's it, often those get conflated or, or misunderstood as, Oh, don't I have one of these, but what about uh, who it, those are very distinct. This, it's also not a spiritual uh, director, right? Uh, it, right. It, it, this vocational advisor is uh, someone, uh, a volunteer through the, of the UMA who is there to support those vocational questions. And where are those, again, advising vocationally um, paths that, that uh, a candidate or an aspirant is wondering about thinking about vocationally. Uh, but is not evaluating. They will not be filling out evaluation forms at any point. This is this uh, this one-on-one really is around connecting, modeling, uh, and and advising, uh, with answering questions. Those those types of pieces. And now, so one-on-one is a piece. Is there also group advisement? I know that was something at one point you all were doing. Is that also still is that no. also still active? Um, we do discernment groups, and we do this in a couple of different ways. Um, Right now, in the fall, our discernment groups get started for the year, and we'll hopefully be able to start some in January as well. But discernment groups, again, gather for um, the course of a 10-month year, and these are anywhere from a, a small group of three or four folks meeting with a seasoned clergy person to uh, we've got a bigger group of community ministers um, currently meeting um, and then do some breakout groups mm. uh, to be managed that, but it's small group opportunity to talk with other folks who are in the same, um, the same experience. Um, mm-hmm. Folks in our process right now are attending some 50 different theological schools. Wow. And so it might be that this is a, a, a singular way to meet other Unitarian Universalists on the path. Mm-hmm. It may be a way to, uh, break down some of the social isolation that happens when you're doing your courses online. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it certainly can be a way, again, to get a type of mentorship um, because these groups gather with a, a mix of identities and purposes. So we've mm-hmm. got a group that's folks who are clear that they want to be in parish ministry um, that are meeting. And we've got a group of folks who are uh, more mature and getting started. So folks in their fifties and sixties who are just getting started uh, face different challenges than folks who are in their twenties and thirties, and even forties. So we've got some identity um, opportunities for folks to gather in these discernment groups. And I think that's another terrific way for folks to get to know people, get to know the UU landscape um, 
and get to have heart to heart conversations with folks who are in a similar time in life. Now, yeah. in addition to this specific type of discernment group, we're partnering with UU Wellspring, which mm. is another opportunity to be part of a smaller group. The UU Wellspring program, um, we should put this in the show notes, okay. offers a really particular um, uh, program for seminarians. Ooh. And again, we really encourage folks who are new to newer to Unitarian Universalism and or attending a non-UU theological school, because this is going to be more, somewhat more curriculum driven as okay. a small group and a, and a bit more intensive. Folks meet um, twice a month for 10 months. So there's a big commitment and you read some books and you talk about that and you have a spiritual director and you talk about that, cool. uh, but it gives a little more structure and support to folks um, and UU Wellspring is a program I think anybody who's ever been involved with it can't say enough good things. So oh, yeah. we want to make sure folks know that that's an opportunity to do that while a seminarian with a group of seminarians. Oh, cool! That's great. So uh, that that's a and that's a that's a fairly new uh, partnership, right? That, that, that yeah, this is doing, part this of this is, as well. Yeah, we've got two groups that have um, two groups that are going on and we'll start a third one in January. So folks oh, okay. can still register for that for this coming year. Great. So that's January, 2024, depending January on when anybody may be listening that. to this. That's right. We've got January openings for 2024. Okay. So also retreats. I know that's another piece. Uh, that's another piece of the collegiality building and, and, and networking pieces uh, that the ministerial formation network, the MFN provides. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, I'm super excited. One of the ways that I first got involved myself in the Ministerial Formation Network was as uh, everything went online in the spring mm -hmm. of 2020, I was invited to come in to help facilitate moving retreats to online mm -hmm. platforms. And as I mentioned, we this was an opportunity to go across, across geographic time mm -hmm. zones. Mm -hmm. So we've been adapting and adjusting as, uh, as everything has been adapting and adjusting, but we offer retreats online virtual retreats. Uh, we'll have three or four this fall. That'll be times for folks to get a little bit of theology, get a little bit of, um, get to know you get mm -hmm. a little bit of personal, uh, opportunity to experience, UU community with other clergy folk mm -hmm. and um, hopefully at best have a little bit of a retreat time in front of their own home computer. Um, and in the spring, we're really excited to be having um, more opportunities to gather folks as their, as part of the formation network in person. Oh, okay. So we've got, we'll have, I hope two different opportunities in the springtime to bring people together. And I think those retreats early in one's formation really offer a unique opportunity to, to build, build relationships that can be supportive and sustaining for the long haul. Yeah. And I mean that not as like in a classroom where you're talking about the same subject, though we do that. It's those opportunities to have your, you know, time over a meal, leisurely yeah. talking about how do you reconcile your theology of evil with uh, plant-based food eating? Mm. How do you recognize yeah. um, your authority in a situation where you may be feeling insecure? Like mm -hmm. having those kinds of um, deep conversations about things that matter to clergy, but also building friendships, building mm -hmm. uh, skills in terms of how to have hard conversations with mm -hmm. folks um, as as leaders, how to call one another in and invite deeper 
a spirit of accountability and care for one another. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a recurring theme in UUMA culture that we need. We do all of this because we need one another and right. our retreats really model and offer opportunities to be with one another. That's right. That's right. So those, those, those uh, uh, in-person offerings are looking to be, are, are uh, uh, likely to be on the table spring of 2024. Yes. So when it comes to retreats, then uh, I mean, seminarians and folks that are in process, aspirant candidate, maybe just graduated. The, uh, how do these get funded? We are so fortunate that the panel on theological education and um, the St. Lawrence foundation are part of our network of support. And so folks have the opportunity to attend these retreats highly subsidized, hopefully um, in a way that makes travel um, easy, easier, mm-hmm. and makes um, an opportunity to be together in person affordable. That's it's right. definitely a bigger challenge now as uh, the airline industry and hotel oh. prices are shifting and changing, but we really try to make these events accessible in a variety of ways. And we've done the multi-platform as well, mm-hmm. where folks gather in um pods as we're talking about them now, but a group of three or four people may be in the same neighborhood at a Airbnb mm. um, tuning in while other folks are in New York City. And, and we have some of that um, opportunity to just hang out with folks as well as share in the programming across uh, different geographies. But getting folks together in person, we're finding is a really vital way of providing sur- support um, in all of the tangible and intangible ways yeah. that we're we're craving, I think um, absolutely craving, absolutely the the collegial connections that the that the UUMA the Unitarian Universalist Ministers Association uh, offers, and it happens in so many different ways. So we can have another again. We should do another podcast on on additional what what else the UUMA offers, but uh, really to be able to offer this level of of opportunities this level of connection this level of variety of ways to begin to get involved and creating those relationships early you're you're it's really it's really remarkable and this is a newer innovation uh back back you know before the MFN 8 years ago and whatnot, there were some, there were scattered around the country. There were, and, and I do mean the, you know, continental U.S., there were a handful of local programs that were trying to engage this very, in this way. And, and so if you happen to be lucky enough to be geographically near one of those groups that were doing it, you had that. And that's part of what the MFN is doing that is, has been able to uh, model some pieces off of those and then in, innovate and work beyond so that no matter where you are, you have a way to plug in. Once you're a, a member of the UU Ministers Association, which you're eligible for, once you're an aspirant, you are eligible to do that. Once you once you become a member, boy, uh, the ability to, to start connecting with colleagues, and you're right, those connections will be, will be part of your... Um, I don't know, network or part of your web, part of your uh, uh, infrastructure as a minister, some of those will last your entire career. You know, there's no question. Yeah. One of the things that's been really fascinating for me being in this role um, as I'm helping find mentors, vocational advisors for folks, Mm -hmm. I'm able to um, 
call someone that I met at a chapter meeting 25 mm -hmm. years ago and we'll we'll share a story, a memory of some sort from some experience we went through together. Mm -hmm. And it may be, you know, not somebody that I've talked to in 25 years, but finding those those moments of connection, those moments of memory and hope. Um, how did we get through this together? Oh gosh, <laughs> you know, those are just some of the most delightful parts of my work today. Yeah. And realizing that helping establish those relationships with new colleagues, yeah, um, that they're going to be able to carry something forward into their ministry and know that, gosh, if I ever have a question, I'm going to remember so-and-so's story about that building campaign because right. that was doozy. And right. then, you know, you've got somebody you can count on for support in some, you know, unique micro programming kind of way or in sure. a spiritual time that was really particularly challenging. And that's that's just a beautiful part of this. And it's also in a in a context where when I first got started, students were not allowed to be part of UUMA chapters. Yep. The change that we've gone through in the, the way that colleagues want to offer a warm welcome. Yep. So different. And I think so much healthier mm -hmm. for how our ministers are able to survive and thrive in this powerful work in the world. Absolutely. Yeah. That's a change since I, since I uh, was in that process as well. Yeah, yeah, I think that that piece, right, being a part of the ministerial formation network, you are going to have the opportunity to meet kind of your peers, kind of the cohort of, of again, regardless of where one is in their, uh, I don't know, calendar, uh, <laughs> where we are, uh, how many gray hairs we have, I don't know, there's a lot of different ways to think about how many other careers we've had before, right? A lot of people get into ministry second and third careers, along with folks that are, uh, that this is their, this has been their call from, from uh, a young, a young age, potentially, and have been able to get in early. So regardless of that piece, folks are in kind of a, a cohort, uh, a class, if you will, we think about like the class of 78 or 85 already, <laughs> the class of when, when folks are becoming candidates together. And again, regardless of of the calendar time, right? Who this is a group that I'm going through this together with. This is the group that we're going, we're, we're kind of grouped together that way. So to be able to connect with folks within kind of that cohort from all over, not just the country, but we have people in different, you know, uh, certainly Canada and, and, and even some other folks in other places that are going through this too. Connecting with your cohort that way, but also those connections with folks who are further along the path, who are fully fellowshipped uh, ministers, who have been working in different areas for years, many that are further along. So there's there's a lot of different connections that the MFN provides those direct links instead of instead of each individual person having to go out and try to figure out how they're going to meet those people. The MFN uh, helps provide that networking and it's just really remarkable. It's been really exciting to watch how it's developed over the last eight years and that the, the innovations that have come uh, have come since. So this is a, this is a good it, connection. It is. I think it's, it is a really wonderful connection and it is different than what some of our mentors or supervisors went through. Oh, yeah. So I think it also provides a nexus of opportunity for our collegial body as a whole to continue to grow and change. That's using true. Uh, we've got changes in the ministerial fellowship committee practices and processes. Mm -hmm. And by having folks who have been on the 
ministerial path for 20, 25 years, connect with somebody new to ministry, they're going to get an opportunity to see what those changes are and how they're influencing our ministry. And I think especially around collegial ethics um, and accountability, it is so important that we have the newer folks in the room mm. um, helping us to navigate spaces of tenderness and mm. uh, and difficulty. And yeah. our ministry has had a lot of tenderness and difficulty in the past. And the voices and visions of folks who are newer and the ethical container in which they're being formed is so different and I think so much more Mm life-giving and it's important that we continue to make that accessible uh, in relationships that aren't just uh, mature to younger but are sort of cross-generational in terms of when we're when and where we're formed. That's right that's right. Yeah, this is, uh, there really are those opportunities, those are uh, the opportunities at one point, right, that was primarily if you were a, a minister that is more seasoned, kind of the role you could play could be a supervisor and maybe a mentor. That was kind of the place for the most part. Those were, those were, it. so now the opportunity to be a vocational advisor, to connect in, in, in different ways, be part of some of these retreats, maybe offer programming for it. I mean, there's just so many more ways to kind of cross pollinate yeah. the, the generations of these kind of class of uh, groups uh, and geographic groups, again, so many different ways, so many different ways to engage. So this is great. I'm so glad we've been able to have this conversation, kind of the 101 uh, kickoff of about the Ministerial Formation Network. And uh, we'll, we're going to put in the show notes how how and where uh, to connect in terms of what websites to go to, where to make sure, if you're not sure if you're plugged in or not, how folks can get in touch with with you, Michelle, so that they they know that, <laughs> that they're in and what where do they find uh, next if their email's wrong, right? All those pieces, we'll be able to put that uh, in, in the show notes. And I'm, I'm so excited about that. Make sure that folks know about when and where these retreats are happening so oh, that yeah. we can get together, so that we can be together in one another's good company and continue to form, be formed and inform one another on the paths of our very wonderful and various ministries. I'm so thankful, Jules, for the chance to share a little bit more about the thing that we're passionate about, uh, helping folks on their way. Absolutely. We'll, 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 we'll have another one of these. Let's do another one of these this year and and, and drill down a little bit more too on, on a couple of these pieces that uh, I think this is I think this is exciting stuff. Thank you so much for being with me today. Glad to. So glad to. And we'll look forward to the next time. Thank you for listening. Many Windows Conversations on Ministry is a production of Meadville Lombard Theological School. Theme music is Destination by Just Thea. This episode is produced by Jules Taylor. And as always, a special thank you to Tomo Hillbow.